I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today on episode 93, I'm going to talk about how to develop self-discipline by creating a powerful morning routine. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I hope you're having an amazing April. I'm so happy that here in Arizona, the masks are starting to come off. Things are starting to loosen up. I went to the gym, and I don't have to wear my mask anymore. I'm so happy about that. I want to have a mask-burning party. Pam and I want to host one where we... Just get some lighter fluid and we just throw them all into the fire and burn them up. It's going to be an amazing time. I look forward to that. Last week, I talked about having a different spirit, being like Caleb, being wholehearted. And I shared about how I'm working with a group of young men that I call the Magnificent Seven. And I'm doing lessons for them and we're doing a whole bunch of different things that I'll share on a later episode. But I'm also providing lessons for them in what it means to be a spiritual leader, in particular, how to become an evangelist. And so I'm putting together lessons, and this is one of them, on what I consider the most important aspects about being a a spiritual leader, and in particular, an evangelist or a women's ministry leader. And so the title of today's lesson is How to Develop Self-Discipline, Creating a Powerful Morning Routine. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, The writer says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. My young intern said, do you have any good books on self-discipline? I rummaged around my bookshelf and found an old copy of The Disciplined Life by Richard Taylor. I handed it to him and then went into the bedroom of my campus apartment. I was probably 24 at the time. I spent 30 minutes at my desk working on a lesson, and then I came out to see what he'd gained from the book. I stopped as I came out of my room. I spotted him on the floor of my living room. He was asleep with his head resting on the open copy of The Disciplined Life. It was so ironic. It was just laugh. I wish I had a phone that could take a picture back then. This was in the early 90s. Although I'm not sure, I don't think that brother stayed in the professional ministry for long. The ability to discipline yourself and control your desires, time, and money is a master skill for the aspiring leader. There's no wonder Paul and Peter repeat this call over and over again. Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. What does he say right there in the middle about a church leader? He must exercise self-control. Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter 1, verse 3. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. 
Paid ministry offers a double-edged sword to those who are interested. On the one hand, you are free to control your time, appointments, and schedule. You set your hours. You determine how long your devotional time will be. You can have quiet times that last for three hours. It's awesome. You're not bound by a set schedule. On the other hand, like a lottery winner who's never mastered the art of budgeting, saving and spending, and so quickly finds themselves poor and broke again, the person who lacks self-control will come to view their freedom as only a burden. They may even long for the forced discipline of a 9-to-5 schedule because of their inability to organize time on their own. I've seen so many promising ministry interns struggle with the challenge of organizing unstructured time productively. And if that's, if that's your aspiration to be an evangelist or a self-supporting minister, it can be a real challenge to figure out, okay, what do I do with my time? How do I use it? And that's something that many people who go into the paid ministry or start out as an intern wonder, like, man, I've got all this time. I should be doing this. Should I be doing that? I want to talk today about step number one, and that is creating a morning routine. If you want to be self-controlled and self-disciplined, it's got to start early. One of the best ways to develop self-discipline is by creating an early morning routine. Now, I borrowed this idea from a man named Brian Tracy. He's a growth coach. He's written a lot of books, and I love his writing. And he primarily addresses his books toward business people or uh, salespeople, but it's so practical, it's so helpful that I've adopted a lot of his ideas in the ministry, which is like starting, it's like a business startup, only it's nonprofit. And he suggests seven steps to developing self-control and growth. First of all, practice the golden hour. Practice the golden hour. What you do in the first hour after you wake up makes or breaks your day. When you spend it on investing in yourself and your spiritual growth, it energizes you, gives you fresh ideas, and allows you to break out of limited thinking. Spend the first hour reading the Bible, commentaries, books on, on personal and spiritual growth. If you want to become a leader, you need to become a dedicated reader. Don't check your phone, email, or social media during that time. It's easy to allow that habit to control you so that you enter your day responding or reacting to the requests of others rather than taking charge of your own agenda. Now, this alone, I could do a whole episode on just, just this one first point. But I know for myself, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is I put on my walking, my, my shorts, and I just, I go, I put on my Bible, uh, audio Bible, and I, I just go out for a walk for 30 minutes and I listen to um, my Bible for like 30 minutes. And it's just, it's a great way to start. It gets my blood pumping and, and it gets me into the word right off the bat. And I need that. I need to have a spiritual mindset. Otherwise, I just get deluged with all sorts of problems and worries. Then I come back and I'll either read more scripture or I'll read something that inspires me, like a personal growth book or a spiritual book or a commentary for another half an hour. And what that does, it gives me ideas. It helps me to break out of a negative mindset, but it just gets me pumped up. And I go, oh, this is going to be a great day. I could, I could do this. Ideas come to my mind. I keep a little notebook next to my book. I write them down as, as they come to me. That golden hour is so crucial. 
but you've got to get up early and you've got to get into the Word and into good books. Number two, rewrite your goals daily. Buy a spiral notebook, or you can use a Word document on your computer. That's fine too. But write down your top 10 goals down every day. When you keep your goals in front of you, you'll start thinking about what you can do that day to get closer to your goals. You can set up the systems to achieve your goals. You can also use an online diary or journal to record your goals. Self-control is best used as a tool to achieve a higher purpose for God. Many, many people with dreams of money have totally figured this out and have capitalized on this idea. Consider the, the following quote from Napoleon Hill. The man who labors without a definite purpose that's backed up by a definite plan for its attainment resembles the ship that's lost its rudder. Hard labor and good intentions are not sufficient to carry a man through to success. For how may a man be sure that he's attained success unless he's established in his mind some definite object that he wishes? What's he saying there? He's saying, listen, just being disciplined for discipline's sake, it's not really that valuable. Instead, you need to be disciplined because you've got something that fires your bones, that, that, that gets you excited. Think about Jesus when he woke up early and he said, no, I can't stay here. I need to go and preach to the other villages also. That's why I've come. Yes, he was disciplined, but he, the discipline was based on his objective. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, and he uses it and encourages people to use it to attain worldly riches. But in the kingdom, we've got such greater goals. We've got eternal, lasting riches waiting for us. So you want to start your day energized and focused on making progress on your big goals. Again, self-control for its own sake is a waste of time. You need to get yourself in a focused mindset that calls you to higher levels of self-control. When I graduated from high school in 1983, my grades and SAT score, they just weren't high enough to get into a top university. Now, I considered myself a, a smart person. I, I, <laughs> I at least thought I was, and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I've really blown it here in high school. But I was forced to enroll at Sierra College. It was a local community college in Northern California. And before classes started, I went into the guidance counselor and told her, I want to study business at UC Berkeley. What do I need to do? She laid out the classes I'd need to take and then said, there's just one more thing. And I asked, what's that? She said, you'll need to get straight A's to get into Berkeley. They only accept a few students from community colleges. Well, that was all I needed. Even though up until that time, I was a mediocre student, I got C's in chemistry, C's in algebra too. Once I had my target and expectations clearly fixed in my mind, everything changed in my behavior. I did all my homework, made sure I took the time to study, got to know the teachers, got all the help I needed. Even though I had never before gotten straight A's, I graduated from junior college with a 4.0 grade point average. Having a clear goal in mind with the desire to achieve it transformed an undisciplined student into a motivated, self-controlled achiever. It was awesome the day I walked onto the campus at UC Berkeley and I'd received my acceptance. It was a thrill and that's where I became a Christian. But it started with a clear purpose. The same will happen to you when you decide what you're living for every day. 
As Will Smith says in the movie Hitch, begin each day as if it were on purpose. So take out a spiral ring notebook and just write your goals down every day. It's like when you when, when you think about you want to buy a car or a motorcycle. The minute you begin thinking, I want to get this car, or I like you know, this, I want this model. I want an FJR 1300. Well, guess what you're going to start seeing on the road? You're going to see that very car or that very motorcycle. And that's what exactly what happens when you write down your goals. Number three, in developing a great morning routine, plan your day in advance. Once you've rewritten your goals, use them as a guide to take immediate action. What steps will help you grow? Who can you study with today? How can you encourage someone? What lesson do you need to prepare for? Who are you raising up and when will you meet with them? These are the action steps that need to happen daily. They'll keep you occupied and acting on your goals. We've talked about developing systems, but this this is a, a great way to go, okay, what five things do I need to do to move my ministry forward, to get people closer to making a decision to follow Christ, to get more leaders raising up? Plan it out. Think about it in advance. Don't just wander into your day. Don't back into it going, oh, I'm just going to let the Spirit guide. Make decisions and step forward in faith. Number four, concentrate on getting the most important job done first and completely. There are many things to do in an average day, but there are usually only one or two things that are significantly more important than all the other things combined. Ask yourself, if I get nothing else done today, What do I need to get done before I go to bed? This will narrow it down. Because many items on your action list can safely be put off till tomorrow or next week. Your expenses or you've got to do this or that. However, the ones that matter the most must be done today. First thing and worked on into completion. A good way to figure out what is the most important is whatever you find the most difficult to start is often a sign that you should focus on that item until it gets done. If you're hesitant, if you're like, oh, I don't want to get into that, oftentimes that's a that's a, a green flag saying, hey, listen, you need to focus on that thing. Here's a list of items that are extremely important but may be difficult to get started on. Writing a Sunday sermon. Okay, we've all written the, the Saturday, Saturday night special. You know, you didn't do anything on it all week. You worried about it all week, but you wouldn't put the time in. And so... It's Saturday night at 11.30, you're tired, you're cranky, and you're putting together the sermon for the next day. Or maybe it's a midweek class. What else? Praying. Following up with people you're reaching out to. That's super important. Sharing your faith. Calling to set up a Bible study. Training young leaders. These things are, we would most likely all agree, that's very important, but Because it's so important, Satan does not want us to get into it. Maybe you're a writer and it's difficult for you to start writing. These are the things that you need to focus on first. Just say, okay, I'm going to get my sermon done here. Let's say it's a Tuesday. I'm going to start writing and I'm not going to get done until I, I'm not going to quit until I get my, my illustrations done, my outline done and it 90% done. That's a great attitude. At the very least, say, I'm going to spend 45 minutes on it. I'm going to set my timer. I'm not going to stop writing until the 45 minutes are done. No matter, Even if it's a crummy sermon, I'm going to spend 45 minutes on it. Number five, listen to books on audio. One of the best ways to get two things done at once is to listen to good books while driving or while working out. 
I can read three books a month simply by listening to them in the gym or while I'm driving, walking, or jogging. And this is a great way to put into practice Paul's admonition in Ephesians 5.16. In the New Living Version, he says, Make the best use of your time. These are sinful days. Make the best use of your time. In the King James Version, it says, Redeem the time. Okay, you got to make the most of the opportunities God gives you because the days are evil. You can grow by listening to books on church leadership, spiritual leadership, personal growth, self-discipline, and any other area that you want to grow in. You can build your mind and character as you build your body and your health. When I'm in the gym, I always have a, a book that I'm listening to, and it's awesome. And I just, I love it. It gets me inspired. It keeps me motivated. And it keeps me busy. And I, I go, it's much better than listening to, you know, just music that I've, you know, 70s and 80s rock. I've heard it a lot. I don't need that anymore, but I do need to keep growing at, at my age. Number six, ask yourself two magical questions after each appointment. Two magical questions after each appointment. It's been said that Christianity is a quote-unquote contact sport. We make a difference by meeting with people and sharing God's word and the wisdom and experience he's given us. One of the best ways to grow in your skill and self-discipline is to ask yourself, what did I do or say well? And secondly, what could I have done or said better? By reviewing each appointment, you develop greater skill and control, but it all depends on your taking the time to both encourage yourself for the good you've done, as well as giving yourself something to improve for your next opportunity. So that's a good attitude to say, okay, every appointment today that I'm going to have, I'm going to review. What did, I, what did I say well? What did I do well? Was I friendly? Was I loving? Was I engaging? And what did I not do? Maybe I was distracted. Maybe I was checking my phone while I was listening to this person confess their sin. I don't know. Whatever it is, review it. And the final thing is treat each person you meet as if they wanted to get baptized tomorrow. Have you ever met someone who is super open to the gospel? I'm sure you have. Some of you just go, oh my gosh, where did this person, this person come straight from heaven? This is so awesome. You know, someone who's willing to meet with you as often as possible to learn about God, someone whose body language is just screaming, baptize me, please. It's amazing how even if we are having a bad day up until that appointment, our joy and enthusiasm recovers immediately. We leave that appointment thanking God for leading us to a, a receptive person. And it brings the best and most attractive parts of our personality to the surface. It's easy to become lazy and unaware of how we're treating the people around us. Recently, I invited, this is a little personal confession, I invited someone over to our house to have dinner and study the Bible. I was excited because I knew that this person was open. His relative had contacted me and told me he was serious about seeking God. But I'd just come, on, I'd just come, on, uh, come off a, a multi-day fast. And even though I was excited, my energy level was very low. In fact, halfway through the dinner, my guest said, may I ask you a question? Now, this, this is a pretty young guy, okay? And he's, you know, pretty forward. But he said, may I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, are you always so stoic like this? Now, I was like, oh my gosh. I was quiet for about... <laughs> 10 seconds, I was cut to the heart and I had no answer to the question. So I immediately put on a happy face, but knew in my heart that I hadn't prepared myself beforehand to be as warm and loving 
to this person as they really deserved you know, me to be. So we finished the night by studying the Bible. He came to church in the following weeks, and he's still, he's still seeking. But it reminded me of how important it is to show self-control, especially when we're around people. Souls matter, and people pay attention. Loving people is the second most important commandment. You can become a self-disciplined person. Serving God in any capacity demands self-control. Spiritual leadership becomes impossible without growth in this area of self-discipline. You can become a man or woman who feels good about himself or herself because you know that you're in charge of your life and have the ability to make this life count. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. I enjoy spending this time with you every week because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no-regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.